0: Section five of *Volsunga Saga*. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *Volsunga Saga*, by Anonymous, translated by Edvin Magnuson and William Morris. Section five, Chapter sixteen. There was a man hight Gripir, was Sigurd's mother's brother. And a little after the forging of the sword Sigurd went to Gripir, because he was a man who knew things to come, and what was fated to men. Of him Sigurd asked diligently how his life should go, but Gripir was long o'er he spake. Yet at the last, by reason of Sigurd's exceeding great prayers, he told him all his life, and the fate thereof, even as afterwards came to pass. So when Gripir had told him all, even as he would, he went back home. And a little after, he and Regin met. Then said Regin, Go thou and slay Fafnir, even as thou hast given thy word. Sigurd said, That work shall be wrought, but another is first to be done, the avenging of Sigmund the king and the other of my kinsmen who fell in that their last fight. CHAPTER Seventeen. Now Sigurd went to the kings and spake thus. Here have I abode a space with you, and I owe you thanks and reward for great love and many gifts and all due honour. But now will I away from the land, and go meet the sons of Hunding, and do them to wit that the Volsungs are not all dead. And your might would I have to strengthen me therein. So the kings said that they would give him all things soever that he desired, and therewith was a great army got ready, and all things wrought in the most heedful wise, ships and all war-gear, so that his journey might be of the stateliest. But Sigurd himself steered the dragon-keel, which was the greatest and noblest. Richly wrought were their sails, and glorious to look on. So they sail, and have wind at will. But when a few days were overpast, there arose a great storm on the sea, and the waves were to behold even as the foam of men's blood. But Sigurd bade take in no sail, howsoever they might be riven, but rather to lay on higher than heretofore. But as they sailed past the rocks of a a certain man hailed the ships, and asked who was captain over that navy. Then was it told him that the chief and lord was Sigurd the son of Sigmund, the most famed of all the young men who now are. THEN SAID THE MAN, NOT BUT ONE THING Certes, DO ALL SAY OF HIM, THAT NONE AMONG THE SONS OF KINGS MAY BE LIKENED UNTO HIM. NOW FAIN WERE I THAT YE WOULD SHORTEN SAIL ON SOME OF THE SHIPS, AND TAKE ME ABOARD. THEN THEY ASKED HIM OF HIS NAME, AND HE SANG, HNIKAR I HITE WHEN I GLADDENED HUGAN, AND WENT TO BATTLE, BRIGHT SON OF VOLZUNG. Now may ye call the Karl on the cliff top Feng or Fjolnir Fain would I with you They made for land therewith, and took that man aboard. Then quoth Sigurd, as the song says, Tell me this, O HNIKAR, since full well thou knowest, fate of gods, good and ill of mankind, what best our hap foreshoweth when amid the battle about us sweeps the sword edge? Quoth Nikar, Good are many tokens, if thereof men wotted, When the swords are sweeping. Fair fellow deem I the dark-winged raven, In war to weapon-wielder. The second good thing, when abroad thou goest, For the long road well arrayed, Good if thou seest two men standing, Fain of fame within the forecourt. A third thing, good, hearing the wolf a-howling Abroad under ash-boughs, Good hap shalt thou have dealing with helm-staves, If thou seest these fair before thee. No man in fight his face shall turn Against the moon's sister, low, late-shining, For he winneth battle who best beholdeth Through the midmost sword-play, And the sloping ranks best shapeth Great is the trouble of foot ill tripping, when arrayed for fight thou fairest, for on both sides about are the deceiver by thee, guileful, wishful of thy wounding. Fair combed, well washen, let each warrior be, nor lack meat in the morning, for who can rule the eves returning, and base to fall before fate grovelling. Then the storm abated, and on they fared till they came a land in the realm of Hunding's sons, and then Fjolnir vanished away. Then they let loose fire and sword, and slew men, and burnt their abodes, and did waste all before them. A great company of folk fled before the face of them to Lingvi the king, and tell him that men of war are in the land, and are faring with such rage and fury that the like has never been heard of, and that the sons of King Hunding had no great forecast in that they said they would never fear the Volzungs more, for here was come Sigurd, the son of Sigmund, as captain over this army. So King Lingvi let send the war message all throughout his realm, and has no will to flee, but summons to him all such as would give him aid. So he came against Sigurd with a great army. He and his brothers with him, and an exceeding fierce fight befell. Many a spear and many an arrow might men see there raised aloft, axes hard driven, shields cleft and burnies torn, helmets were shivered, skulls split a twain, and many a man fell to the cold earth. And now, when the fight has long dured in such wise, Sigith goes forth before the banners, and has the good sword Gram in his hand, and smites down both men and horses, and goes through the thickest of the throng with both arms red with blood to the shoulder. And folk shrank aback before him wheresoever he went, nor would either Helm or Burney hold before him, and no man deemed he had ever seen his like. So a long while the battle lasted, and many a man was slain, and furious was the onset, till at last it befell, even as seldom comes to hand when a land army falls on, that, do whatso they might, naught was brought about. But so many men fell of the sons of Hunding that the tale of them may not be told. And now, when as Sigurd was among the foremost, came the sons of Hunding against him, and Sigurd smote therewith at Lingvi the king, and clave him down, both helm and head, and mail-clad body, and thereafter he smote Hurvarth his brother, a twain, and then slew all the other sons of Hunding who were yet alive, and the more part of their folk withal. Now home goes Sigurd with fair victory won, and plenteous wealth and great honour, which he had gotten to him in this journey, and feasts were made for him, against he came back to the realm. But when Sigurd had been at home but a little, came Regan to talk with him, and said, Belike thou wilt now have goodwill to bow down Fafnir's crest, according to thy word plighted, since thou hast thus revenged thy father and the others of thy kin. Sigurd answered, That will we hold to, even as we have promised, nor did it ever fall from our memory. Chapter 18 now Sigurd and Regin ride up the heath along that same way wherein Fafnir was wont to creep when he fared to the water. And folk say that thirty fathoms was the height of that cliff along which he lay when he drank of the water below. Then Sigurd spake, How sayest thou, Regin, that this drake was no greater than other lingworms? Methinks the track of him is marvellous great. Then said Regin, "'Make thee a hole, and sit down therein. "'And when as the worm comes to the water, "'smite him into the heart, and so do him to death, "'and win for thee great fame thereby.' But Sigurd said, "'What will betide me, if I be before the blood of the worm?' Says Regin, "'Of what avail to counsel thee if thou art still afeard of everything? "'Little art thou like thy kin in stoutness of heart.' then sigurd rides right over the heath but regan gets him gone sore afeared but sigurd fell to digging him a pit and whilst he was at that work there came to him an old man with a long beard and asked what he wrought there and he told him then answered the old man and said thou dost after sorry counsel rather dig thee many pits and let the blood run therein, but sit thee down in one thereof, and so thrust the worm's heart through. And therewithal he vanished away. But Sigurd made the pits, even as it was shown to him. Now crept the worm down to his place of watering, and the earth shook all about him, and he snorted forth venom on all the way before him as he went but Sigurd neither trembled nor was a dread at the roaring of him. So, whenas the worm crept over the pits, Sigurd thrust his sword under his left shoulder so that it sank in up to the hilts. Then up leaped Sigurd from the pit and drew the sword back again unto him, and therewith was his arm all bloody, up to the very shoulder. Now, when that mighty worm was ware that he had his death-wound, then he lashed out head and tail, so that all things soever that were before him were broken to pieces. So, when as Fafnir had his death-wound, he asked, Who art thou, and who is thy father? And what thy kin, that thou wert so hardy as to bear weapons? against me. Sigurd answered, Unknown to men is my kin. I am called a noble beast. Neither father have I nor mother, and all alone have I fared hither. Said Falfnir, Whereas thou hast neither father nor mother, of what wonder wert thou born then? But now, though thou tellest me not thy name on this my death day, yet thou knowest verily that thou liest unto me." He answered, "Sigurd them I called, and my father was Sigmund." Says Fafnir, "Who egged thee on to this deed? And why wouldst thou be driven to it? Hadst thou never heard how that all folk were adread of me and of the awe of my countenance? But an eager father thou hadst, O bright eyed swain. Sigurd answered, A hardy heart urged me on hereto, and a strong hand, and this sharp sword. Which well thou knowest now stood me instead in the doing of the deed. Seldom hath Hardy Eld a faint heart youth. Fafnir said Well I wot that hadst thou waxed amid thy kin thou mightest have good skill to slay folk in thine anger, but more of a marvel is it that thou, a bondsman taken in war shouldst have the heart to set on me, for few among bondsmen have heart for the fight. Said Sigurd, Wilt thou then cast it in my teeth that I am far away from my kin? Albeit I was a bondsman, yet was I never shackled. God, wot thou hast found me free now." Fofnir answered, in angry wise dost thou take my speech, but hearken, for that same gold which I have owned shall be thy bane too. Quoth Sigurd, Fain would we keep all our wealth till that day of days, yet shall each man die once for all. Said Fafnir. "'Few things wilt thou do after my counsel. "'But take heed that thou shalt be drowned "'if thou farest unwarily over the sea. "'So bide thou rather on the dry land "'for the coming of the calm tide.' "'Then said Sigurd. "'Speak, Fafnir, and say, if thou art so exceeding wise,' Who are the Norns who rule the lot of all men's sons? Faufnir answers, Many there be, and wide apart, For some are of the kin of the Aesir, And some are of elven kin, And some there are who are daughters of Dvalen. Said Sigurd, How namest thou the Holm? whereon cert and the icier mix and mingle the water of the sword. Unshapen is that Holm height, said Fafnir. And yet again he said, regin my brother, has brought about my end, and it gladdens my heart that thine too he bringeth about, for thus will things be according to his will. And once again he spake, A countenance of terror I bore up before all folk, After that I brooded over the heritage of my brother. And on every side did I spout out poison, So that none durst come anigh me, And of no weapon was I a adread nor ever had I so many men before me, as that I deemed myself not stronger than all, for all men were sore afeard of me. Sigurd answered and said, Few may have victory by means of that same countenance of terror, for whoso comes amongst many shall one day find that no one man is by so far the mightiest of all. Then says Fafnir. Such counsel I give thee, That thou take thy horse and ride away at thy speediest, For oft times it falls out so That he who gets a death wound Avenges himself none the less. Sigurd answered, Such as thy reeds are, I will no wise do after them. Nay, I will ride now to thy lair, and take to me that great treasure of thy kin. Ride there, then, said Fafnir, and thou shalt find gold enow to suffice thee for all thy life days. Yet shall that gold be thy bane, and the bane of every one soever who owns it. Then up stood Sigurd and said, Home would I ride, and lose all that wealth if I deemed that by the losing thereof I should never die. But every brave and true man will fain have his hand on wealth till that last day. But thou, Fafnir, wallow in the death pain till death and hell have thee. And therewithal Fafnir died. Chapter nineteen Thereafter came Regin to Sigurd and said, Hail, lord and master, a noble victory hast thou won in the slaying of Faufnir, whereas none durst heretofore abide in the path of him, and now shall this deed of fame be of renown while the world stands fast. Then stood Regan staring on the earth a long while, and presently thereafter spake from heavy mood, Mine own brother hast thou slain. And scarce may I be called sackless of the deed. Then Sigurd took his sword Gram, and dried it on the earth, and spake to Regan. Afar thou farest when I wrought this deed, and tried this sharp sword with the hand and the might of me. With all the might and main of a dragon must I strive, while thou wert laid alow in the heather bush, wotting not if it were earth or heaven. Said Regan. Long might this worm have lain in his lair, if the sharp sword I forged with my hand had not been good at need to thee. Had that not been, neither thou nor any man would have prevailed against him, as at this time. Sigurd answers, When as men meet foes in fight, better is stout heart than sharp sword. Then said Regan, exceeding heavily, Thou hast slain my brother, and scarce may I be sackless of the deed. Therewith Sigurd cut out the heart of the worm with the sword called Rithil. But Regin drank of Fafnir's blood, and spake, Grant me a boon, and do a thing little for thee to do. Bear the heart to the fire, and roast it, and give me thereof to eat. Then Sigurd went his ways, and roasted it on a rod. And when the blood bubbled out, he laid his finger thereon to essay it, if it were fully done. And then he set his finger in his mouth, and lo! When the heart-blood of the worm touched his tongue, straightway he knew the voice of all fowls, and heard withal how the woodpeckers chattered in the brake beside him. "'There sittest thou, Sigurd, roasting Fafnir's heart for another.' that thou shouldst eat thine own self, and then thou shouldest become the wisest of all men." And another spake, "'There lies Regan, minded to beguile the man who trusts in him.' But yet again said the third, "'Let him smite the head from off him, then, and be only lord of all that gold.' And once more the fourth spake, and said, "'Ah!' The wiser were he if he followed after that good counsel and rode thereafter to Fafnir's lair and took to him that mighty treasure that lieth there and then rode over Hindfell whereas sleeps Brunhild, for there would he get great wisdom. Ah, wise he were if he did after your reeds and bethought him of his own weal, for where wolf's ears are, wolf's teeth are near. Then cried the fifth, "Yea, yea, not so wise as he as I deem him. If he spareth him whose brother he hath slain already." At last spake the sixth, "Handy and good read, to slay him and be lord of the treasure." Then said Sigurd, "The time is unborn wherein Regan shall be my bane. Nay." Rather, one road shall both these brothers fare. And therewith he drew his sword, Gram, and struck off Regan's head. Then heard Sigurd the woodpeckers a-singing, even as the song says. For the first sang, Bind thou, Sigurd, the bright red rings, Not meet it is many things to fear. A fair may know I, fair of all the fairest, Girt about with gold, good for thy getting. And the second. Green go the ways toward the hall of Gukki, That the fates show forth to those who fare thither. There the rich king reareth a daughter. Thou shalt deal, Sigurd, with gold for thy sweetling. And the third a high hall is there reared upon hind fell without all around it sweeps the red flame aloft wise men wrought that wonder of halls with the unhidden gleam of the glory of gold then the fourth sang soft on the fell a shield may sleepeth the lime trees red plague playing about her the sleepthorn set othen into that maiden for her choosing in war the one he willed not. Go, son, behold that May under helm, whom from battle Vinskornir bore, from her may not turn the torment of sleep, dear offspring of kings, in the dread Norn's despite. Then Sigurd ate some deal of Fafnir's heart, and the remnant he kept. Then he leapt on his horse, and rode along the trail of the worm Fafnir, and so right unto his abiding-place. And he found it open, and beheld all the doors and the gear of them, that they were wrought of iron, yea, and all the beams of the house, and it was dug down deep into the earth. There found Sigurd gold exceeding plenteous, and the sword Hroti, and thence he took the helm of awe and the gold Bernie and many things fair and good. So much gold he found there, that he thought verily that scarce might two horses, or three belike, bear it thence. So he took all the gold, and laid it in two great chests, and set them on the horse Grani, and took the reins of him. But nowise will he stir, neither will he abide smiting. Then Sigurd knows the mind of the horse. And leaps on the back of him, and smites and spurs into him, and off the horse goes, even as if he were unladen. End of section five.